Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How are you? I'm good. I got Louise (laughs) with me, everyone. Um, Okay, should we just talk about how this, how... This all kind of came about. No, let's talk about how you and why you got in touch with me. Okay. First. Well, I'll talk as much as I'm allowed to talk about what's kind of in the press. So, um, I got a documentary called The Bottom Line right. coming out on ITV1 the first week of October, right. which is sick, which I'm producing and directing um, myself and... Some fellow producers kind of drafted up this whole kind of world of Brazilian butt lift surgery. Mm. And we did a lot of research, like enough research, medical, emotional, yes. spoke to people that I'd kind of like. <laughs> I like that, medical and emotional. So you're taking your shoes off as well. <laughs> huh? I want to take mine off too. Be cool. Oh yeah, if you want to, you can do can that. I? Yeah, of course. If if you want to, don't feel pressured. No, because I feel like I'll be more comfortable as well. I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my thing. Back to just... your grounding technique. Like I'm on all of that. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, God. But yeah, like I just yeah. Sorry, we we basically kind of was researching the world of Brazilian butt lift surgery and how there's so many people that have got it that kind of either aren't happy or had a crazy experience getting it, or there's some people that within the press haven't even got back to this country after doing surgery abroad. And it kind of just made us want to kind of create a whole film. Because Brazilian butt lift surgery, people think of it and it's actually quite controversial. It's like, oh my God, bums. But actually, underneath that umbrella, if you will, there's so many other points you can go into, which is body image, culture appropriation, um, culture appropriation, yeah. Culture appropriation, and also just how no matter what, there seems to be a beauty standard that you kind of can't keep up with. Yeah. So I'm in my mid twenties. So for me, growing up, it was like about being a Katie Moss and Naomi, a Katie kind of thing. Like, yeah, being quite that was thin. what was that? That was the thin, the boyish, like right. you know, running on a treadmill, eating like sides at the same time, like being quite thin, thigh gap. Yeah. And then actually, over the past, what? 
I want to say five to ten years, the curvaceous look has kind of become in, where people are kind of calling it the Kim K effect, that there's so many people that want to look like Kim Kardashian pretty yeah. much. So, but then there's other people that have naturally existed with that body shape without surgery, yeah. but it wasn't in then. So what's attractive about it now? Yeah, what made it? Right. What made it that? Right. So yeah, that's that's kind of where we are. And obviously I know that I'm allowed to kind of talk a little bit about kind of what's already out there, the controversy of it, but not all the... The controversy of what? What, your film? <laughs> well, the controversy... Is there a controversy over, like around your film right now? <laughs> Just because, well, it's controversial in the sense where I guess if you think about all the different broadcasters, like ITV doing something for Black History Month, for, you know, so the scheme that I'm on is basically called Fresh Cuts and myself and four other filmmakers have got an opportunity to basically debut our first film. Um, And I think even when we did our press release at Sheffield, for example, it was like some of the questions were, oh my God, this is very different to what ITV's kind of done before, which is, I think is a good thing, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are more things on, you know, ITV that are definitely more diverse now. You've got Peckham and ITV too. Mm -hmm. Would that have been there five years ago? I don't know. But it's sick that it is now. And I think they kind of want to do more stuff in our worlds, if that makes sense, and give us the lens (coughs) to our stories. So Where, them them type of documentaries, where would you usually see them? What more Channel Four? Like I would say so. Or even like you know what you stuff that you've done with Vice, like yeah, kind yeah, of channels yeah. that are used to taking a bit more risks. Yeah, because yeah, I hear that still. Because <laughs> the demographic of what you, like you know them the demographic of people that usually watch yeah TV in general right is a complete diff- demographic to completely different demographic to 100%. people that are like very engaged on YouTube and whatever, especially youth, but. These TV stations anyway and channels are trying their best to almost align themselves with youth and young um, topics yeah. anyway because we're living in an aging society, isn't it? Most, there's still a, like, still a large you know, population of people that are, I don't want to say old, but a lot older that watch TV. But ultimately, like, you know what? If you're trying to see what's happening within culture, I guess you've got to try and tap into that. A hundred percent, because it's like, if you don't, we'll just go and create a YouTube channel exactly. and just make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Or you just, yeah, you'll go and align yourself with another kind yeah. of company or whatnot. Wait, have you have you created a film before? Have you done any films before? So this is, so I created a taster um, yeah. to basically get this commission, which was basically a two minute short of what this would look like. Yeah. To kind of tease what an hour or an hour and a half would look like. So that was kind of my first ever short that I'd ever made, to be fair. Um outside of that i've been working in the industry for what six years yeah um i started off doing a traineeship at the bbc and then basically i went into production management i worked in sports for a bit like i've worked at champions league for example like espn kind of stuff sports stuff um been at the daily mail done journalistic stuff there and then this scheme was like something that i applied for not that i wasn't like I don't know, like expecting much, but I wasn't really expecting. Do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah, like, it's yeah. ITV1, like yeah. it's our long channel, like, sorry, program, that like these things don't really happen, really, in terms of getting that yeah. amount of time on TV as new talent, so. No, you yeah. kind of smashed it still. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, like, you kind of have though. It's kind of mad. <laughs> yeah, isn't it though? But that is kind of mad, but that's sick. Yeah, it is, definitely is. But like, I just, so yeah, it's all happened very quickly. You know, like as soon as I found out, like I remember, um, I was in the dentist 
<laughs> you're a dentist. I was actually in the dentist about to get called in for an appointment, and right. I got an email. Rang my other producer, literally, who's here, but off camera. I was like, oh my God, like, we got in. And then it was like, so you select pretty much the interview date. Now, it's the Wednesday that I found out. It's the Friday that I the interview. But I'm at my mum's, and I'm from Derby, by the way. Right. Shout out these Midlands. I'm going to shout out to Derby. And shout that. out to Derby. I was a DJ up there back in the day and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, a couple uni events in that time ago. <laughs> yeah, and one time I left, uh, yeah, anyway. I would, anyway. There's I took a lot more bridging. going on in Knots, though. Huh? There's a lot more going on in Knots. Yeah, yeah, I took my bridging up there. I had a DJ booking in Derby now. And then I've I've done the booking. And then I'm saying to him, yeah, come me back. He said, I'm not leaving. I said, why are you not leaving? He said, I go on, cow. I said, yeah. All right, so go and do not your Darby thing. Not Darbados. Yeah, you know what? Just left him up there yeah. still. He was all right. He was fine. Huh? What are you saying? Darbados. Is that what they call it? It's a Snapchat filter, but it slaps, doesn't it? <laughs> Darbados. Darbados. Oh, shit. I've never heard of that. Darbados. Darbados. Yeah. Blouse and frock. <laughs> that <Sorry>. is nuts. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, boom. As you were. Basically, yeah. So obviously at the dentist now, found out that I've got this. Literally, it's the Wednesday. The Friday now, you're getting slots to be able to set your interview. And he was like, shit, I need to get to London. Like, because I lived down here when I first, you know, I, well, I first moved to London when I was like 19 and then lived here up until pretty much COVID like mm. happened. And then it was like, everyone's gone home. Yeah, Let yeah. me do the same. Yeah. Um. So I hadn't been in London for a while. And you know, lockdown was a weird time for everyone, yeah. to be fair. But for me, that was like very, I don't know. I went kind of, but I went from being really, really busy, obviously, yeah. to then being locked inside. But then I'm in Derby. Right. So everything slowed down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to bits. Yeah. So then this was kind of like proper back, like in an office, busy. But then also you're back on set, filming, interviewing. Right. But it's been sick. Like I've just had to, I think I've had to just keep on going with the, going with the flow, if you right. know what I mean. See with the BBL thing, let's let's talk about this. Yeah? The BBL effect. The BBL effect. That's what it's, that's what your thing's called. Nah, it's or called the it? bottom line. But I actually the bottom at, line. Yeah, the bottom line. I love that. God. Thank you. God, I love that. Oh, thank you. The bottom line. It does sound like a porno thing, though. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Sounds like a flipping okay. Justin Slayer production. Ooh. Bottom line. <laughs> the bottom line after no, hours. No, 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 no. Whoa. No, but I do like that. <laughs> I do like that though. But like, so where did it, see the beginning? See yes. like the beginning. Yes, let's talk Where about did you start? Like what, like, yeah, talk to me about the beginning stages. Like where were you at? What was you doing? What was you trying to find? What was you looking at investigating? Like, oh what, what, what did the beginning look like? That is such a, you might have to help me here, B. That's so interesting. Is that mic on? Yeah, you're, you're, yeah you're the, first, the first time we, What's your name, brother? Just B. B. Ah, oh, yeah, I hear that still. Yeah, B. Yeah, I hear that from Kunch. <laughs> mad, mad. Go on. Who's yeah, that? the first, the first time we were obviously pitching ideas, thinking of ideas to pitch. Right. And then we went into the surgery world, quite controversial, and we just started researching. Like, obviously, it's quite current because it went from a thing where you used to see like the celebrities do it. It felt quite far away. Yeah. And then now you see the everyday person has now got it, has access to this thing. So yeah. you used to feel like you needed a certain type of money to be able to do it before. Yeah. But now I'm seeing people down the road that I know you might see. Like, yeah, 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 it's just normal. Yeah, yeah. And Louis like, bro, this is 
actually closer than it than we think. And then obviously a lot of people started dying, yeah. like young people, and it's not as far away. But obviously, the conundrum is that the surgeons you may go to, the celebrities have got access to a different kind of surgeon. They have got a different kind of money, whereas the normal person, they haven't got that. Yeah. So that's where it started bubbling the ideas, and then we just went from there researching why are so many people are going abroad. Why are so many people going abroad? You can see for me, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna make the assumption that it's just cheaper. Mm. Like, even okay, let's talk about teeth for example. Yeah. Yeah. Veneers. So you know, or I know, that in London specifically, the place to go to get your teeth done is Harley Street. But mm-hmm. that's peas. Yeah, honourable shout out to Queen Reen, by the way, who cleans my teeth up there. <laughs> but I get a certain kind of pack. You understand what I'm saying? So anyway, honourable shout out to her. But, like, and when I go down there, I do, it's weird actually. I'm going to keep, and today, today, I want people to know that whatever it is that I'm saying, I'm saying out of, out of love and not disrespect or anything like that. But it's funny with um, Harley Street because when I go to Harley Street, I, I feel like I see a certain type of person a lot of the time on the street because it's so high-end mm. and they can do so much different stuff. So when I go there, you know what? I'm very likely to see... I'm very likely to see lip fillers. I'm very likely to see surgery. I'm very likely to see ex- incredibly white teeth. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just one of them, one of them roads. But... It is also very expensive. So now, it seemed as though someone had a link. It's almost like one person had a link. You know that? Mm-hmm. It's almost like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just going off into like the way that I, my mind's just sort of like ticking as I'm saying it. But it feels as though that one person said, yo, you know what? Like, they do it over here and they do it for this price. And when you work it out, like, yeah, you got to get a flight and that. But ultimately you're spending a lot less money there than you would if you're over here. Because if you did it over here, it would cost X, Y, and Z. And these lot are certified. Someone's gone, done it, come back. It seemed to be okay. And now all of a sudden, this word of mouth thing ends up spreading almost like a cancer. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think like we noticed that when we started researching this, that a lot of people, because social media has got such a big impact on this procedure particularly, I think it's quite different. So you think about like, because history just repeats itself. Mm. Like history just repeats itself in different swings and roundabouts, but essentially the same thing. So Katie Price, mm. when we was growing up, it was all about pricey, the page three era, all about having boobs that were like kind of up to here. And I even remember being like a 12 year old, 13 year old girl. and like kind of feeling like, oh my God, like I'm going swimming. Have I got enough to think, like put in my bra? Like right. I remember being conscious of wanting boobs. That was a big deal. Now, Obviously, the kind of people that were getting that kind of procedure back then was probably wags or right, right. people that were doing well. Or maybe, just maybe, if you like go onto the NHS enough, maybe you got a cosmetic procedure if it was affecting you that much. But it wasn't like everyone that was doing it. Right. I think with BBLs, it's almost like, because you can get it, you can you can find your patient coordinator just for scrolling through Instagram. Mm. And in a couple of ticks, you've got someone who will give you, like you were saying, your flights, your chauffeur, and your surgeon, pretty much, with the kind of desired body shape that you want because maybe they've got an influencer that's modelled for them on it. It's You don't have to do much. So it's kind of like, people are giving away, I think, a lot of trust to people that maybe don't have their best interests at heart. Right. Do you know what, as well, yeah? 
That's kind of quite of a dangerous thing when I think about it. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what? Like, you get something done. So you're an influencer now. Mm-hmm. You have a certain amount of following and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then now, you end up obviously going putting your life at risk, having a BBL or whatnot. <clears throat> this surgeon's giving it to you at a certain price yep. providing that you can go on your social media and tell your however many make pay. it back <laughs> and so it's like a fair, like a trade off yep. so now already now X, Y and Z is following you you see it they're telling you oh I just went so and so in the safe and whatnot. and ultimately it's a bit mad because you know what more time now when you do go on Instagram and you say that this surgeon is the coldest one or he's the best or what not you're still in your honeymoon stage with the surgery. Mm-hmm. You ultimately, really now, what needs to happen is for the trust to be there, is for them to come in 20 years later and say, you know, I've been checking my man for 20 years and there's not been no problems. I've had to just touch this up and touch that up. Come in and saying something after a week or two weeks, even if you're, even if you're doing teeth, to be fair, even if it's teeth, you got it's a it's a honeymoon period when you come on the gram and you're talking about how great something is, right? For Essentially, sure. and I think it's that it's that quick fix. I think that that I found a lot from like making this. Like I've learned that a lot of people really do just want a quick fix, whether mm. it's just having a baby or whether it's kind of like just having something that you really don't like about yourself. But you've seen someone maybe I mean for us growing up it would have been a music video, but for for the this generation now it's Instagram, right? Mm. And it's like I want that, but I can get that just by doing this. Click, 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 click. That's what she did. And then you, when you've got influencers that are sat in bed, like with, you know, tubes in them, like, yeah, this is where I got my BBL, guys. And by the way, making this, I'm definitely, I don't judge people who no. have uh, cosmetic surgery. I've actually made this to try and humanize yeah. and understand why people kind of go to such lengths to get the body that they want to live in. And I'm a big advocate in no one is you. Do you know what I mean? So, no one is in my body 247, no one's mm. in your body 247, so no one can tell you how to feel in it. Mm. What people can do though is give their opinion and try and make sure that you're safe no matter what you're doing. Mm. And I've just seen that like, I do think there is this like kind of like fast consumer culture that we're in where like everything's so convenient. And then when you see something on Instagram and it's like, well, this looks nice and shiny and I want that. And then I'm just gonna click this, fill out this form, I'm done. Mm. But you've missed out the fact that you've maybe not researched what your surgeon does or have you actually checked to make sure that when you get to this next country that they use your BMI to make sure that you've got enough aesthetic Mm. anesthetic sorry to measure like if you're that we spoke to one person that literally like actually when they were literally going under they weren't giving enough anesthesia like so what they literally worked with nothing had happened thank god but they were like I haven't got enough I'm not asleep and obviously there's a language barrier, this is Turkey, there's a language oh, barrier, so shit. they're like, can't tell my so man. they're like, what are you talking about? Then she had to like, pull on the drip and be like, eh. and then they were like, oh, like, we used to use the average Turkish woman's BMI. That's not her BMI there because she's not Turkish. So it's just little, not little things, but small things like that, that yeah. can end up being major things yeah. over there. Do you know what I mean? So, and I think a lot of people as well don't actually know how expensive the aftercare can be, you know. And it, I think it goes back to that Kardashian thing as well. Like, these lot do have more than 20-something days annual leave in the year. They can disappear from the cameras <laughs> for about two months and heal. Um, and they've probably got assistants running around helping them too. Like, who do you have when you've just come out of operation and you actually can't sit down? You actually can't sit down for six weeks. So I think it's like... 
what you what the finished product is on Instagram, which is a, a sexualized woman like twerking or whatever or debuting her BBL and it looks great and everyone's like, yeah, you've not seen what she had to go through to get that. And I think what I'm trying to do with this documentary is it's not shaming them, it's not blaming them, it's not saying don't go and get it, it's not saying go and get it, but it's just saying if you do want to do this, just know what you're getting into because mm. some people are fine, like they've had their surgery, yeah. they're happy and that's that. And there are loads of stories like that. But Yeah, because you know, I guess it's like, you know, looking on the other side, it's for some people there's a, a confidence knocker in there somewhere and they they find a solution which they feel is a genuine solution that helps them with their confidence. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe it might only be temporary in the greater scheme of life. Yeah. But you know what? It feels good now. And I think that like, I think that like sometimes, even when we look at someone who hasn't had anything done, the normal person, I would say, probably goes in and out of full confidence and not having confidence anyway do you get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. now there's times where i'm like at my most confident when it comes to doing stuff and then there's periods of time when i don't feel that confident do you know what i mean but most of most of those things are through work though not through appearance but i think everyone has their different things that they feel confident about and they don't feel confident about but yeah i think that like i think one of the reasons why these conversations are good yeah a conversation conversation like this is good is because, yeah, this isn't ever about shaming people that do it, but I do think it's about looking at the root. Mm. Like, what is, yeah, we're talking about there's a quick fix, we have a quick fix culture and whatever, and, you know, even look, even confidence. Like, let's look at confidence. We can say, oh, you know what, like, my, I just don't feel confident in my body, or there's, like, loads of people that don't feel confident in their body. So the solution is to fix the exterior but the, the, the solution is not necessarily to fix the interior. It's like the other way around. I'll fix the exterior, which will then fix the interior. But ultimately, I think, and I could be wrong in saying this, and maybe I'm talking from a point of privilege, but it's like, I feel as though fixing the, the interior fixes the exterior more than anything because it helps you to understand and really truly deep whatever it is um, why you are in that sort of mind frame and process it and move accordingly. Do you get what I'm saying? As opposed to like, you know, um, dealing with the exterior and then a certain period later on down the line, you re- it's actually, that's not even really it. And it's not enough. There's a next thing and the next thing and the yeah. next thing. And the root is complex because, and it's deep because it goes down to like, you know, who's controlling body standards and all these type of things yeah. and all these... um and all these like subliminal stuff that you see when you're driving down the motorway and you see a gal on the thing or you know you're seeing this, just constantly seeing this type of person on the TV that looks a certain type of way and and then you know people are gravitating to that because apparently that looks so beautiful but I don't have that now so then does that not mean that I'm beautiful and then there's years and years and years and years and years and years of that the same way that it would be with the colour of your skin if mm-hmm. you've been told for thousands of years that dark skin or black skin is nasty or unattractive or whatnot, you know what? You still to this day, still to this day, you will find a young kid who could be eight, nine, ten years old, could be a young black girl that could say, you know what, I don't even love my hair like that though. Mm. I don't even love, and yeah, there's a small conversation to say, like, why, your one friend mentioned whatnot. 
about hair and everyone's talking about how nice straight hair is. But it's deeper than that one conversation. That's been, this has been going on for thousands of years, which is ultimately where the root is. And that's why I think these conversations are good when you are able to almost like dig a little bit deeper and try to find an understanding of like, why is like why is it? And then, then also making people understand, you know what, I've seen the process and I've spoke to so many different people, just letting you know mm. that like, even if we haven't found a solution for why you are going through what you're going through, the upkeep on this is a bit mad. And there's a lot of things that happen within this. If you are okay with that. For sure. Go for it. It's about the calculated risk and knowing, I guess, what you're getting into. And you make so many interesting points. Like when we first started working on this project, we called it the pursuit of perfection. Kind of like a play on, you know, the pursuit yeah. of happiness. Mm. And it was obviously like like the film where you kind of see Will, no matter what, like literally riding for his son, like sleeping up in the train station, like no matter what, Will's going to find his happiness. It's kind of like this came some the, the same concept, sorry, with it's like, so, okay, I don't like, let's say my nose cool so I fix that but then now I'm looking at something else and there's something else and there's something else and not everyone does have that same experience but from some of the people that I've spoke to it can be addictive oh well the- that, absolutely because you know what it is do you know why I think it becomes addictive for some people because it worked in that moment mm. I, I got my nose euphoria? done mm. it looks good this is all I wanted I just want my nose done you get the nose done yeah no it looks good because he's done it well or she's done it well. And then you start thinking, oh, you know what? As you've done that one well, you start looking at this now. Yeah. You know what? I can maybe fling this in my knee. Let me just... <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> oh, no, okay. I probably tried to laugh. <laughs> fling it in your knee. Too much. <laughs> Not fling. That's oh, hilarious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> you know me but yeah anyway as we were but I get what you're saying it's like where where else can what else can I fix and then it's like on top of that again not trying to give too much away but we did speak to someone else as well who and I say this you know my mum's got a saying and a good laugh it's not a good laugh that I'm laughing I'm saying when I think about it it's crazy like she's literally she's a TikTok star that's literally got her BBL reversed which was super painful, in her words, as painful as getting it done in the first place. Right. And it's kind of like, the biggest thing that I took away from that interview after, which kind of made me go, because I try to say as bi- like unbiased as possible, right? And like, just, you know, just make the film. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell the story. It's not my story to tell because A, I've never thought about having a BBO and I've never had surgery. So I don't think you can give us like a strong opinion unless you've been through something like that. Right. But after hearing everything that she had to say and like talking about coming up in the era of world star and it was like, how'd you keep up on world star? Right. And she's from Miami. And to her, getting a BBL is like going to the dentist. Mm. Getting surgery is like going to the dentist. For her, it's like, forget being a VIP girl in, in, in a strip club or whatever, or, or even just forget a strip club on a night out in Miami. It's about the grocery store. Mm. And just feeling like she didn't, she didn't belong there because she didn't have the same aesthetic as everyone else. She's done that now. She's actually walking. This guy's come up to her. He's like, oh, you got a BBL? She's like, yeah. He's like, oh, it looks shit. Mad. He Is he not a plastic surgeon? Of course he is. Of course he told her to do it again. And of course she did. Now, 
to me, it's like, I'm still thinking, wow, that's crazy. But then I put myself in that point of view. So obviously I'm a woman. Like, I know for a fact that like, even on the way here, I was looking in the mirror to make sure that I look okay and everything's going to be... Because I am con- I know that no matter where I go, people are going to look at how I carry myself and they're going to look at my aesthetic. That is, like, my outside appearance. That is just... That's just what it is. I don't know if there's any point in getting into it about, oh, women and how people are... Per- women perceived and all of that feminism stuff. Like, it is what it is. So I'm thinking, okay, so... Would would something like that stick in my head? Probably. If I was already conscious about how no, I might look. Of course, do you know what yeah, I mean? And then yeah, you're yeah, also a doctor and stuff. Like, I'd, like So anyway, she did it again. It was too big this time. Went through this whole different thing where she was like, you know what? I'm actually going to get everything. Like, and she's got other, you know, stuff done. Like, um, basically reversed. And then she said, what, what I am doing is healing my inner child. She was like, because when does it stop? That's really unfortunate. Do you know what I mean? Because and it, and it is unfortunate, but it, the the bigger message there, whether it, whatever extreme you want to go to, it's kind of like when does it stop? When do you start to take back? I guess that control, because the pursuit of perfection, the bottom line, whatever you want to call it, there is this constant beauty standard that will continue to change. Whether it's about being thin in the noughties and nineties, where you know where we are now, where it was, I guess it's about being super curvaceous. We're probably slimming now from that now. You know, the Kardashians are deflating. Ever since Kim left Kanye, she's getting, it's true, she's getting blonder, she's getting thinner. Are we gonna go back to that now? Is everyone gonna be Jennifer Aniston again now? Like, like, what, like what's going word. on? Like, yeah. so, and, and how much money do you have to keep up with this? Because it's almost like you're monetizing off every single insecurity there is because it's just, it's just so crazy. Making you know what? I've actually crazy. thought that like, oh, there's so much things I want to say and bring up as well. <laughs> and, and I did mention this and talk to you about this before, but like, you know, I, although I, I don't put them all to blame, the Kardashians or whatever. No. There was one thing that I did see, which made me think, are oh, you like a fuckery though, in this moment? And it was when someone showed me a clip of when they've like, because everyone at the time was saying that they had, their ass done or Kim mm. had a, her ass done and she's saying right I don't have I didn't have it done what are you talking about yeah what are you talking about you know what I'm gonna go to my surgeon <laughs> and he's gonna perform a whatever the fuck it is the thing that they put maybe to show that you've got a baby I don't know what it is yeah on your backside so and he's done that obviously it shows that she doesn't have no silicone in there but these times obviously she's done the BBL thing but no one don't know that which is it's a, the fact transfer yeah so it looks as though it comes up in the scan that it is that. So now what you're what you're essentially doing is you're showing people that are that look up to you, oh this is just how you naturally look. And then so this is the desire now that people have to look like you from a mm. natural perspective when it's not it's not natural. Then which is fine. But that's the thing. <laughs> that is actually fine. That is actually fine. But do you know what though? It's mad, isn't it? It's just, it is mad. Because <laughs> I guess on the flip side of that, as I'm saying it, I'm like, I could hear a, a perspective. If she, if she would have turned around and said, I didn't have my ass, what what were they calling it at the time? I don't know, what, would they, what was it like? Butt implants. But yeah, I don't have butt implants. Yeah. Leave it as that. That way, she's told the truth. Mm. And the truth is the truth. Mm-hmm. But what she, my problem was is that she it was deception what she did because it was misleading 
because you did have something and you was doing your best to show that you didn't have anything by doing that. And I just thought that was really misleading. But then, I mean, look, like, what's ended up happening from that is crazy because so much people have, um, and young women in particular, mm. obviously idealised them and has in some way followed them into, like, this beauty standard that became a really big thing. They didn't start it because it was always there and it's always going to be there mm. and it's always going to be someone else. Do you know what I mean? But I don't know. Like, I just say all of that to say, like, I don't know. I just feel like the conversation on the root has to be stronger than more the conversation about the external. Rob, but what do you think about the culture appropriation aspect, though? Because I feel like... And it's funny because the more research that I've done into it again through making this is more why I understand the culture appropriation angle, if that makes sense. Because on the surface level, I understood what people meant by the culture appropriation of this look, but I didn't really actually properly, properly deep it. But before I go into it, I just want to know what you think. Yeah, like that's, see, even even when you ask that to me, I feel like that is probably a place where I'm, I feel a bit surfaced in that because mm. when you mentioned that to me, I was like, oh shit, like I could probably see where that, how it could be that because for years, in fact, yeah, even when you look at like old pictures of, I mean, like old sculptures of, um, you know, powerful um, African women mm. from wh- whichever country they're from, a lot of the time they are very curvaceous in a certain way yeah but when we look at history and them they're still not glorified in a certain way they still don't get talked about however with that being said we've got to a place where that same curvaceous look that you would have associated to a person who came from a certain place is now so popular but it's popular to a point though because it's like yeah, we like that, but we still don't want to look like you, though. We still don't want you, though. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? That's the worst bit. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, we want the big ass and the, and the lips and whatnot, mm-hmm. but we don't, it's not because we want to look but not like... not you. It's not you. Not you. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So then that's where I can see where... Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. I think there's that, and I think what a lot of that is rooted in is a lot of history that really isn't spoken about that much. Like... So, Sarah Bartman, who was... How do you spell that So, it's like, it's Sarah, like, S-A-R-double-A, and then maybe, well, maybe the Bartman's got two A's in it. But, like, Bart, like, Simpson Bartman. Okay. You'll definitely, you'll definitely oh, yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Put this on the screen. Go on, anyway. Yeah, was literally um, a lady who was literally captured and basically trafficked into... Europe um, was basically the, wow. if you, the yeah a lot of the yeah it's it's self-explanatory wow. but literally tied up pretty much I want to say like an animal but worse than how you treat an animal um, and just like was a was a spectacle for people to see because no no European had ever seen a physique like that with a lady that had like a, a large buttock base pretty much um, but they didn't just stop there. They actually made like a mold out of her vagina that was only removed from a museum in like 2000 in Paris, which had to, people had to go on for a long time for that to even get removed. The first time I ever heard of Sarah Bartman, I was like 15, 16, and Lisa Mafia, funnily enough, made a Facebook video about it. And I was like- Word. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, I was like a kid, literally. And I was like... Lisa yeah. Mafia from So Solid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, wait. Yeah. What, what, what did she say? So, I mean, this was 10 years ago. I'm 25. Yeah, but like, Matthew. that was the first time that I'd ever, ever come across it. It was like a, a Facebook video, pretty much. Just talking... It was, I think it was something linking to Nicki Minaj, though. Right. Talking about how you lot say you want this physique but this wasn't something that we were celebrated for and actually like just talking about black women being sexualized how there's a, there's a nasty history with that mm. um so for me when you think about something like someone like sarah bartman and what she went through and just how disgusting like she was treated and stuff you then start to and then i and then i didn't even leave it there i started digging into more like the whole kind of thing about like why is video vixens and like black women being sexualized such a big deal and then you start to go into like all the different so there was three names that were pretty much black women referred to during slavery one would be the mummy which i was familiar with which is you know the images you see of black women breastfeeding white children and it was like the mummy like you think of tom and jerry mm. you never see that black woman right you just say thomas you never see her like she's not to be taken seriously but she's got a loud voice so that kind of character then you've got sapphire sapphire was a term to describe the, i'm listening to you by the way i'm just doing look re- no, yeah research the, the angry black woman thing um and that was very much just to kind of like weaponize anything a black woman had to say it was like don't listen to her she's angry anyway that was sapphire and then the third term which is most relevant to this is jezebel and obviously jezebel first appears in the new like the old testament sorry yeah. the scripture but that was attached to black women in terms of like, so think about slavery. Obviously white women were given full clothes, black women weren't. And it was part of the whole reason of like, well, look, she wanted to get raped because she's not even wearing, she's not even fully dressed. Gynecology, the history of that starts with black women. Black women, that was, that was they used our bodies as vehicles to be able to understand how, what a uterus is and all of that wow, stuff. So what do you, that's, is that like, cause we perpetuate some of that today <laughs> with that whole thing of like, oh, well, she was wearing a short skirt. Yeah. Like, Hey, you a girl with a tight like a lot. Do you understand? <laughs> oh shit! So Rug rat, you know. Honestly, Red rat, sorry. yeah. So honestly, when you start to like un- unpick a lot of it, think about the Ice Cube films, the Players Club, all of that stuff. It's kind of always been there, and I I, I did actually remember going to watch a play ages ago about after John Crow and stuff there was like this whole period of like where we're kind of free but then there was loads of black women that were still going missing in the south and no one was getting arrested for it and it was this whole thing well look they're prostitutes like black women just like sex like and there's anyway I'm not going to give a whole history lesson there's lots of stuff no 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 don't like keep doing your thing though (laughs) but I'm just sort of saying that there's a lot of stuff that points to black women really being at the at the hands of just like a lot of just disgusting stuff that happened and uh, just this sexualization kind of like animalistic like just there for someone's gratification not really feeling stuff so there's so many things you could take from that but for me what i took with this was that when you think about um that baby got back video and mm. you've got those two white girls at the start that are like look at her mm. she's just a prostitute that's the only reason they like her yeah she's basically just... just for people who don't know yeah that was a uh, like a music video what is in the 90s or song back in the 90s right um yeah, was that sir mix a lot yeah sir mix a lot yeah sir mix a lot like that was like a yeah that used to go like that was a thing yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to like that. That's nuts. Because that used to be on the box. <laughs> and I remember, I actually remember getting, I used to be at my granny's house. I was hella young. And I used to try to ring up the box to request that video. Because to <laughs> me, that was like, in all honesty, at being such a young age, 
I guess it was like in some way watching porn. Like it was like you're watching something that you don't feel like you're supposed to watch, but it's on the TV though. And like I'm just seeing bare asses and that and whatnot. And like the whole the tune was just basically based off of that, innit? Yeah. I like big butts and I can't not literally. Lie. So like yeah, there's just there's just a whole like you know there's there's a reason why not only was it like you know like think of white chicks where there's literally a scene when they're getting changed and it's like does my bum look big in this like white women did not want to have that physique that was not a good thing that was not nice that was that was something that was kind of like laughable as they did obviously very darkly with someone like sarah bartman but then now fast forward to like we're here in the 21st century was sarah murdered or was she did she just die I don't know how she exactly died. I can't imagine that it was a nice a nice life that she lived anyway. Um, but the fact that her remains were only removed from a museum in 2000 is just like kind of That's crazy. Nuts. Where were they? Do you know where I think it was in France, yeah. I think it was in France. But She died at t- between the age 25, 26, so young. Mm, I guess back then people didn't live that long. Yeah, anyway. that's true. But... Yeah, so there's just there's, there's a reason basically why black women can actually sit there and say with with our chest like yeah we do feel it's it's a bit weird that that an aesthetic that was not celebrated on us is now an in thing and I think for me before I knew any of that stuff that I've just literally said to you guys here like I just genuinely thought it was a case of like like you said it was kind of like oh, okay, well, kind of similar to, like, having, like, you know, I had a friend at school that had, like, quite big lips. And, like, the genuinely, there was, like, a lot of ridicule around, like, her lips. And it wasn't and it wasn't nice when I think about how she was spoken to and stuff. She was very self-conscious. A lot of the girls that laughed at that kind of stuff now, I can see on, like, High, at High Street somewhere, and they'll have fillers in their lips. Like, that's the thing. Right. So I just thought it was kind of that. I didn't know how far back it goes in terms of, like, black woman's bodies kind of being policed and like being a whole thing so that that's that but then i guess on the on the other side if there is one if you play a devil advocate it's like who gets to say what a woman's physique is because not all black women naturally have curvy, curvy bodies well there you go it's Do the you same, know what i mean yeah but it's and it's also the same as like the stereotype of black men with big dicks that's true because which is really what, problematic <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you just the other do you know what just yesterday, yesterday someone said someone something so mad to me that other day, like yesterday wow yeah it was like oh um it's like just alluding to the fact that like you know what when i want to just when i just want to just be in my phase of just chopping i'll just go for like the six foot five black don who's got the thing do you get what i'm saying and in my head i'm like right that's nuts like Plus, there's men that are not six foot that's got the feet. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and do that. I'm the 12 inch, 50. I'm not doing that. Yeah? But, <laughs> but I hear you. Like, there's but, a But yeah, it's the se- going to be serious. It's the sexualization of that. It's do you true. know what I'm saying? It's um, true. And I think that probably even goes back to even when you was talking like that early on where, you know, the big black guy... Mm-hmm. you know was being made to breed yep. this woman yep. so that they could have a baby yep. that was a certain type of stature yep. would or have a certain type of dna or gene yeah do you get what i'm saying um and then before you know it that conversation that thing just years later ends up being something that's just embedded in our minds of who what a black woman has what she doesn't have and what a black man has and what he doesn't have 
and then obviously then you start like you start broadening it broadening it to like women who are you know even though we, we, we could all agree that at the bottom of this is black women but you know women as a whole being sectioned into like what you're supposed to look like and it's the same with us as well though like in some in in some different aspects of like certain things that we're maybe not maybe not so much of appearance unless it's height but it's yeah. more success and providing and money and um you know what you are so you know you see it a lot on on the instagram like a man is supposed to do this you're supposed to be strong you're supposed to not you know you're supposed to be a tough guy essentially no it's true and then before you know it now there's bare men out there that are going through a whole bunch of stuff a whole bunch of madness but in and amongst their friendship group they're supposed they're known as the tough guy yep they don't even know where that comes from and it comes like everyone kind of feels... I do agree. And you know what? I'm looking at my phone because my colleague, who I'm actually on the scheme with, just got nominated literally for a BAFTA for a film that he made with black men in a barbershop called Love Languages. That's it. Stories from a London Afro-Caribbean barbershop. It's, on, it's a Netflix short. And it's literally about black men in conversation talking exactly about what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. Like the whole hyper-masculine stuff where it's like... Because I think, you know what, it's interesting what you talk about as well, like, there are things that exist anyway, but they're just kind of, it just seems to be, like, on crack with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, like, yeah. being a woman, no matter what, you're sexualised. That's just, that happens in Southeast Asian culture, that happens to white women, that happens to Latina women, that's what it is. But it is a bit different with us because of the proper dark history. And I think with you guys as well, like, you know, with men, it is a bit of a dick-swinging competition sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with black men, it's almost like this extra need to prove masculinity. Like, he has to be six foot and he has to be, you know, that tall, dark, handsome. Like, even that saying, it's yeah. like... It's kind of weird, actually, when you think about it. It's super weird because usually, when even when people say tall, dark and handsome, it's never dark, really. <laughs> dark hair. Yeah. yeah. See, the, the, to me, see the dark... That, to me, is just a big, massive cop-out. Dark hair, that's dead. What are you talking about? Tall, dark, and handsome. The dark means dark hair. That is dead. That is dead. When we talk about dark skin, that's we're not. There's no conversation on that because that's mm. not even a debate. Someone will sit and say, "Oh yeah, they like they want tall, dark, and handsome," and that. As soon as someone comes in who is tall with dark skin, all of a sudden it just doesn't mean the same. It just I'm just talking about your mustache. I'm just talking about your beard. Like, that's like, what is that? It's weird to me. That's mad weird. But I guess that's just where we're at now. And you just hear it all of the time on the TV. Pretty much. So you hear that, like, Love Island, innit? That's, that was like, mm-hmm. I feel like the producers this time, they feel, I feel as though, I'm not even going to go into a whole thing about Love Island, but it feels like the producers this time have had a lot more of a, it feels as though they've had a lot more of a say or a hold in what people are doing and some of the things that they're saying because... It's like this time you haven't heard the same regurgitation over and over and over. Look, and that's over my again. type. Yeah, th- exactly. <laughs> they just edited that. They probably just edited that part. Edited that. Edited that part out. But um, but yeah, I just feel as though sometimes you know, not to make because obviously we're talking about BBLs and stuff like that. But I just feel like you know, on the section of us and men in particular, it's like rah. I've I've grown up feeling as though. Like, I'm just not even really supposed to have feelings. I'm just supposed to be tough. That's it. I'm supposed to make money, be tough, and be successful, and then that's just that, and just chop. Mm. Like, that's how it's felt. 
And the moment that you sit and you like, you start saying certain things or like talking about certain things, it makes other people feel uncomfortable. And then that uncomfortability turns into, oh, like, why are you being soft for, man? But it's because it's institutional, though. Because even what you just said, it's like, even if you start, like, for me, like, me and my dad have these conversations all the time about, like, male mental health. Like, I lost my uncle to suicide. My dad's lost friends to suicide. Like, we have conversations about male mental health and stuff. The difficulty is, it's kind of like, even let's say you're you're as a guy, you want to talk to someone about your feelings. Like, how many charities are, are there out there just for men to talk to? And then, that being said, where do they get promoted? And then that being said, would you, any of you, really feel comfortable in this room actually going to one and then telling someone that you went there? And if it's probably no, it's probably because there's a bunch of stuff in society you've got to deconstruct to even get that. And that mm. So that's why there's no quick fix to that, because yeah, it's yeah. almost like, like you say you even how you've been raised feel a way of even doing it so then someone else perceiving it it's like whoa you're crying i don't know what to do yeah yeah fact. i cry you don't cry like this is yeah what play your part like but what's going on that, that same level of deconstruction is i think the same level of deconstruction that should essentially be done in regards to the topic of bbls because when you do that and you start looking at why people do feel the way that they do it be- I don't know if it necessarily changes things because I guess you then have an understanding of why maybe you might feel that way. But then it's then the next part is the solution. Mm. And I think still a lot of people, their solution would probably still be the same thing. But I think it's going to be interesting specifically with BBLs to find out like what happens in regards to mental health in like 2030. Because this is still new. In like 20, 30 years time, like what happens with that then? You mentioned earlier where you was talking about the the, main, the maintenance of it. Mm. Um, and I was talking to you about that as well. I was like, you know, it's mad because right now people are making these financial decisions on their body, yeah, um, which they might be able to afford now or might even barely be able to afford, yeah. And you know what? In five to 10 years time, the financial situation might be very different and it's so much different to having a car because if you have like a brand new car you take it out of the showroom yeah it needs to be serviced and whatever it is and whatnot now and let's just say for example i was literally saying this to someone today you buy a g-wagon yeah that's big racks you might be able to afford that or you might just be able to afford that or maybe you can't even really afford it yeah you've broken the bank to get it borrowed off someone you borrowed it off someone yeah you just take it out now and at some point you got to put petrol in that by the Mm -hmm. way and you know what in this 2022 it's a mad thing so oh now that's a grand to put petrol (laughs) in that anyway and then you got to upkeep it boom 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 to cut a long story short yeah when you get into a financial ruck do you know what you can do sell it and it's no longer yours anymore. But you can't do that with your body. You can't You can't get to a position where you say, you know what, yeah, boom. The upkeep on this and the maintenance is mad because now you're going to this surgeon and he's telling you, you know what, as I'm fixing that, you know, this is thing and boom, and now you've got this all racking up and whatever it is. You can't turn around and say, you know what, ciao, man, fuck it, have this back. Stop it. You can't do that. You can't Not do chum, that. Man. You can't do that. No, but it's true. And you know what? It's mad as well because it's like the place that you are when you get your BBL done might not be where you are in, let's say, not even the extreme of 10, 20. It could be like a year. Like we spoke to people who like, yeah, it's cool where you're in Miami. 
But now you're in New York doing a school run. Like, yeah. You just look out of now place. you're in Cornwall. Like, you know what? You know what? And that's a real life thing. Because at one point, you cool. wanted to live in Miami because that seemed like the fun yeah. place to be. Well, let's say LA now. Because yeah. you hear more LA yeah, than you yeah, do yeah, Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to be in, in LA because there's opportunities 100%. and whatever it may be and boom, 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 boom. But you know what? At some point in your life, you might just turn around and say, you know what? I want to be in Bath. Yeah. <laughs> That's whole next, it's a whole <laughs> not even Bristol you know yeah but <laughs> no it's a, it's a whole it's, it becomes a whole it becomes a whole um, a whole next week but I do what I will say to that though the yeah. argument to, that I would say to that is which is and I guess this is the bait in itself I think when you're at a certain age yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. then it, that just is what it is like you are old enough to make that decision and you go into it with knowing that yeah, you know what? At that stage, that was how I was living and that's how I felt. Mm. And now I've, I have a shift in my thought process my thought process, and my, my perspective of life. But I kind of knew that that was going to be something that could potentially happen anyway. Or that's just like, you understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. I think when you're 18, 19, 20, then it is very different. Or even in your early 20s. But then I, I, then I fight with myself and say, well... Well, what is the age where I would say... It's true. Like, it's cool. Because if, if I said, oh, you know what? I think 24. Mm. I think 24 is the age. Well, what's the difference between 24 and 23? There is, though. I don't know why. For me, I'm just, I'm just... It, it sounds that, like so there is. There definitely is. No, it sounds like <laughs> there is. You're a year older. That's the difference. Yeah. Essentially, you're a year older. <laughs> yeah. But it feels like there is. But then if I said, oh, you know what? Now, 23. You 23. Essentially, what's the difference between 23 and 22? Really? Mm. It only starts making a difference when you start saying, like, you know what, like, the difference between someone who's in their teens. Like, it's, that's, you know what I mean? I feel like you're learning so much. You can easily say there's a massive difference between someone who's six and eight because of all of the stuff that they're consuming <laughs> no, in their true. life and they're learning or whatever. When you get to a certain point in your life, you're still, you're forever learning but it just the dynamics come become different so it's like w- would i alienate a 23 because i'm saying 24 like okay what so when this person say that this person gets it done on their 24th birthday yesterday they was 23 it's like Jonas Jonas don't know what I'm going with saying that. it's mad as well because i feel like you just change so much even in terms of what you want like even let's say for like your motivation for having one let's say you wanted it to be able to get attention not just off men but just in general you want to when you walk into a room to feel like yeah or you want to make sure that when you order these clothes online that they proper look how they look like on the models who by the way probably have surgery that particular surgery but you want to look like that that might not be the same when you get to let's say 26 27 let's say if you do it at 21 mm. because maybe now you're walking on Oxford Street you don't want the big back the, 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 the horns and that you don't want that you mm. actually just want to be able to go to Topshop but whatever you want to just go get your thing from Selfridges and just keep it moving but now that there's attention on this aesthetic because they obviously attract attention Hmm. and that's just and you know what whilst I've been making this documentary I've been like why do they get so much attention like it's just a bum but I think that's that's just human nature. Well, th- again, that, it just goes the conversation <laughs> of sexualization. Yeah. Because I've thought that as well. Why is I think we, th- we talked about that. I was yeah. like, I talked about this on the pod before, but I remember saying like, it's just, it's a, just a, pe- it's a, yeah, it's a, 
Imagine, like, life could have been so different. Like, could you... We can't even fathom this. But imagine we could have lived at a time where people were turned on by an elbow. <laughs> we could have sexualized an elbow. It's and you know what, though. before you know it now, girl yeah. are hiding the elbow. It's true still. Because obviously, if you take the elbow out, man's wood's hard and whatever. That's and then true, now you, It's true. Because it's essentially the same. It, it, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. Now, when we're in our sexual aspect, like we're starting to get to the thing or what, now you reveal the elbow. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm rubbing and squeezing on the elbow. Like and you've randomly got a G-spot in Yeah, elbow. exactly. The elbow, you're doing whatever and she's making, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, just well, you want anything different because it's like, that's what we do. Like, it's... I mean, thank God we don't, but... <laughs> yeah, like, it's a breast. And I, but I do love them. I do. But I guess, like, my privilege is that I could just walk down the street with my top off and it's not really, it's not really like a thing like that. Do you get what I'm saying? Unless obviously I went to the gym, I mean, which I do, and like it looks a certain type of way or whatnot, then yeah, sometimes people might look at, would look at it like that, but it's so different to a woman walking around the street with the, looking that it is. Top with, her, with her breasts out. It like. is. And it's also like, you know, speaking to people that are like, yeah, now I've got this. That You know that whole stage when you're dating someone and it's like, when we're gonna have sex like that drags on mm. the girls that I've spoken to that have BBLs because it's like now nah, now I really need to make sure you actually like me for me because they've they've got dates set up where the guy clearly just wants to see them in their costume like he's just going swimming or whatever because all he wants to see really is a bunda like he doesn't then there's less focus on what you've got to say or what, what you've got, got to, to give yeah. and more of that but then it's catch me too because it's like who did you complain to about that because you went and got surgery so that's how they feel now right. so now they're dressing to cover up something they paid for right it's yeah it's nuts isn't it but then again it, when you start going to the root you start thinking to yourself why, why did you feel like you needed to have that like where did that come from you know, like sometimes I can only speak from like a, a Caribbean aspect, but mm. you know what? If I'm being honest, you might have heard your grandmother say, you're batty fatty. Or, <laughs> or, <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Or like, how comes your legs look like this? Or yeah. how comes your thing? Hey, whatever. Marga, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're so marga. Like, whatever. Uh, and then those just things. Constant dialect. Like. Yeah, like, and there, and that's the thing, like, Jamaicans in particular yep. are very are very honest when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. And it's not I guess I I don't know, I guess it sounds it's rich for me to say that like it's not from a place of malice. Have you made sense of that? Sorry, just as a fellow Jamaican, like, where does this all come from, all the stuff that we say? Like where does it is it just a thing is it a cultural thing? Is it like a thing no, where that, someone's grandma said it? It like, has to be. It has to be learnt behaviour. It has to be. It has to be learnt behaviour. It has to have come from somewhere. Some. It had to have come from somewhere. And there has to be a reason for why yeah. it is like that. And do you know what? Sometimes, sometimes, may, do you know what? Maybe a lot of the time that comes from a really dark place. Mm. It comes from a really dark place. It. You, mm. I can easily imagine a situation where, you know what? People are in, let's just, be generic some families enslaved or whatever it is wherever they are yeah and there's a, a, a an, an asset or a body part that has just become a problem because these people just feel as though you know what like 
they're doing whatever they they have a certain ideology on it right but the family now almost look at this as like you're causing us a problem like why are you so why are you so thing yeah yeah why is your back you so big or why are you so maga yeah you know what i mean and then the child just hears that and they understand that that's a problem or it's not a nice thing or it's not a this or it's not a that and it just keeps going on and going on and going on and going on until one day someone turns around you or you get to a point in your life or even in society where you think, oh, you know, that's not really right. You know, I'm not really going to say I'm not going to I'm not going to inflict that level of insecurity on that person. My mum has said to me before that, like, my grandmother used to make used to always comment on her legs mm. and like the way that she walked or whatever. And I think my mum's dealing with me when she had me was very firmly on, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not putting them same restrictions on you and I'm not doing, and I'm not gonna call you this, I'm not gonna call you that because you know what, I just remember what it did to me. And it doesn't mean that she's a bad person. No. That was her learnt behavior. She yeah. took that from someone else and that person took that from someone else and it just comes down and comes down, but she just stopped that almost with me. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Um, I think things are nuanced as well though because it's like even going back to like being Caribbean I don't think what's sad is because so much of the history like obviously which we've already talked about here in terms of cultural appropriation stuff is dark sometimes you can easily be like straight away think that it links to something dark and it might not necessarily be that's true like Bling Empire on Netflix love it it's about these like you know that film Crazy Rich Asians Pretty no. much, they've. Oh got, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. It's on yeah, Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, but it's like yeah. a series, and they're super, yeah, yeah, yeah. super rich. Like yeah, they're yeah. rich, rich, like dynasties. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's my switch off TV. So there was one episode in the first season where this guy who's got a dynasty, his mom basically didn't like his missus just because she didn't have high, like wide enough hips. So to her, within that culture, it was like you don't look like you can rear a child because your hips aren't wide enough. That could be a whole microaggression that you could be like, oh, it's because they're Southeast Asian, but maybe it's just mm. something that's within their community. I don't know, like, not everything's linked to yeah, it's true. dark stuff. That's true. But it is deep at the same time. Yeah, either way, to, it yeah. usually is that, like, it has yeah. a super deep element to it. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, what was the most... Could you speak on, like, one of the most interesting things that you did discover through doing it? One of the most interesting things that I've discovered was... Positive or negative? Positive or negative. I don't know, B, you might have to take that one, because I need to think. I'm to think as well. There's been so much. Rolling thing. There's been so much. For me, if I think negative, negative has probably just been going back to the inner child thing. Mm. Because it's just like, no matter what society will try and sell you something, so try and love yourself and i think love yourself sounds very like love yourself but like because before i think like i found a lot of myself loving stuff during lockdown like definitely 100 the world that was obviously mentally like it was hard i struggled but at the same time i really learned like what i like about myself what i don't like obviously i'm still evolving but i think i don't know i just got to this place of being like do you know what a lot of this like inner critic stuff that you do and it's like you're you so you might as well just learn to love you. You ain't go anywhere and you live in U247. So you might as well just learn to get along with her, literally. Mm. And that was like really therapeutic for me. But I think you have to just try and find a way to actually love yourself as you, who you are. Because the world, if you try and fix that thing, you, there's always going to be something else. And not all that glitters is gold. That's what I've learned, I guess, kind of negative, turning into a positive. I think positive... Um, 
positive. I think positive is probably kind of which we'll see within the doc, the kind of some of the solutions around how this is being a lot this procedure is being made a lot more safer through modern technology, which I won't, you know, spill all on. Watch it, please. But yeah, I, I that for me was that because obviously you go to some really treacherous places with some of the things that we cover in this, and it's like thank God, like there's actually like hope for people who still want to do this look that you can do it safely. So yeah, that was probably the biggest positive for me that they do yeah, know yeah. that some things have gone wrong and they are actually taking responsibility to try and make it safer for people. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking as well, like that was something that was in my mind where I was like, you know what. I talk about in years to come, but then I also think that in years to come, technology is always going to get better and they're always going to find ways to be able to be better at it. Mm. Although I almost think that there's still going to be a black market and people are going to be able to... Always. But, yeah, so, yeah, I do... I do... I definitely accept that still. But then that scares me too. And the reason why that scares me is because I think that, like, what does that do? Does that, like that we then start really pushing ourselves to our absolute limits in regards to surgery and fixing things. Yeah. Because the better that technology gets, the more, the stronger the desire becomes yeah. to even want to do something. Do you know what I mean? And what then, what do, what do we end up looking like? What does that actually do? Do you know what? I think that what we end up looking like is not even really the big deal. It's mm. what it does to the mind more than anything what it does to the mind and what in the mind then gets spewed to the next person because yeah we can look at something and say rah we want that but I think when you look at someone with desire and what they then say to you almost confirms your desire then it makes your desire stronger Mm -hmm. if you look at someone with desire but what they say on it isn't so glamorous yeah sometimes you're still gonna you see what someone's done so you're still gonna sometimes you can still follow suit because you know what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna do what you did and and what i see as opposed to what you've said um but sometimes i do think that there's power in in just to make just so people understand my point more let's just say for example it's like someone used to gangbang yeah I personally can't talk too much from a gangbanging aspect in it. Mm. But someone that has gangbanged and done X, Y, and Z and whatnot, when they come out and they say, yeah, you know what, I did bust my thing and I did do X, Y, and Z and whatever, yeah. But I'm just letting you know that these are the effects of what actually happened with that and how, where I'm at now and how I feel and whatnot. It just adds more substance to it because you know what, you actually did it. But if you gangbanged, if you were gangbanging, and your words are as talking as though, yeah, you know what, it was a decent time, then that just seems extra glamorous to me. You you understand what I'm mm. saying? Like, if you if if there's a level of precaution, maybe I might do something about that. Maybe I might go the other way. Maybe I may not. Maybe I may not. But at least there's something there. I just think that the better technology gets, the more that people do, the stronger the mind becomes in regards to doing things, which then ends up just making it even more stronger for the young bucks and already you're starting to see from long time now you're seeing like 17 18 year olds and stuff with lip fillers and that and i think that is mm. a terrible 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 shame when i go outside of london and i know it's inside london too but i go outside london and i just see it so like on young proper young i can't even call them women they're yeah. young girls 
Developing that are still, still still developing. I personally, I'm gonna be honest with you. Personally, I think a young boy going to the gym too early is is a debatable one. Do you understand really? what I'm saying? That's interesting. Yeah, because big man. I never thought of that ever. He's thirteen. He's thirteen. <laughs> Lifting weights. He's thirteen and he's benching. That's a nut. Do you know how nuts that is to me? You're benching at thirteen. Oh. Like you still got X amount of years to grow, I rude never boy. Ever thought of that. You yeah, got X amount of years bro, to grow. Bones, this is a natural thing. Bones and structure in there. Yeah, like bro. there's a lot going on. A lot. Okay, cool. Running, gymnastics, and all of those type of stuff. I I hear it, and I still like. I wouldn't I wouldn't stop someone from doing it, but in my mind I'm like you have to be a little bit easy with that because there's so much changes in there. And I'm saying that from a, a place of just going and naturally doing something. Mm. Like going and that, injecting things in you and changing stuff and all of that is, is mad. Also, can I, sorry, just yeah. before you said that, before you said anything, yeah. But also, sorry, I know, I know, I'm sorry, but I have to say this, yeah. Like, all of a sudden now, you ain't looking like their parents anymore. Because all of a sudden, you understand the feet? Like, who's who? Who's who? Mm. You know, like when the youth was born, and, oh, you got your mum's lips, yeah. oh, the nose, that, that's most, that's oh, your dad. Like, <laughs> no no one debate the, the youth comes out looking like a stranger. And, and the youth grows up with everything different because this has all happened. So now, do you know what? Do you know what now? I'm not saying it is going to happen or isn't going to happen or whatever, but it's almost like. It wouldn't surprise me if the you is almost on a vibe of right. I need to catch up. Like, well, am I growing up now? My things are like this, and mum's is that, and dad's is this, and whatnot. Give me the fuck. Yeah, you understand what it's I'm saying? It's Pandora's box for sure. It's it just got it just goes into a next thing, into a next thing, into a next thing. But I also, again, I say all of that to say, like, I understand though when you know what someone's in a relationship and their partner just keeps going on about this thing. And it makes you feel like you're not good enough. And then it almost reinforces the thing that your fam your that family member said back in the day or your that last person partner. Said or some, yeah, yeah, that yeah. last part or that person in school. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I, so then that's where I, I I get it. You get what I'm saying? From that aspect, I get that because at some point you're then thinking, you know what, for years I keep hearing about this type of woman or that type of body part or I don't have this or I yeah. don't have that. Let me just call, yeah. You know what, like, yeah. I just want to do this a little bit for my confidence. Yeah. I think, do you know what, though, like, because even what you're talking about, I started to imagine just like this dystopian world <laughs> with loads of different people that are... That's where we're going. But do you know what, at the same time, I just personally think, because like, even what you were talking about for me in my head, it just it just started like dancing with the devil, basically. And I think that's what technology kind of has been for us. We've been plummeted into this like futuristic world where you can do everything online and no matter what you think about it, it's here to stay. And with that, I think there's good things, but also there's a lot of bad things. All I can just try and find peace in to just keep myself sane, because it's almost like, you know, like, I've always felt like an old soul and I've always felt like oh I wish I, I wish I was born in a different time period or when I'm having dinner with my mum and like my, my uncles and stuff it would be like oh like remember the bricks and shuffle or like, oh, the yeah. 70s when there was flares like Lou would have loved that time or that club in uh, Derby called the Pink Coconut that everyone used to pass through that ever came to the Midlands like Lou would have had such a good time mm. I just have to think you know what you know how you get people nowadays that like 
maybe they're on social media, but they don't post nothing. They're kind of like, they're in, but they're not at the same time. They purposely listen to music from back in the day and they kind of create their world in like a nostalgia. Hmm. Sometimes the more society goes forward, I feel like the more people are going to pull back and kind of want to stay in tune with that. I don't know if I'm making sense. No, I get you. You can't control everything that happens in society, but you can control how you respond to it. And I think there will still be people that are like, nah, like, I'm not on all of that new stuff. I still like my... I still like my natural girls, or I still like my, you know, music from flipping early R&B days. But do you know the thing is, people will say that. Yeah. Mm. Like me. <laughs> yeah. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm not really... I just, it's just not my thing. Mm. Yeah. But like... You know what? They will hear people say it, but then at the same time, when they go outside, they'll just see a whole bunch of people still lusting over it. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, you can hear people say that they don't like it, but... It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. And sometimes, you know what? Like, there's probably people that don't really like it, but then they still end up falling for someone that does have it because maybe it's not about that maybe it's just something about them that they just really really like and it's just with someone that just does have it and you know you're not to know you're just seeing two couples you're just seeing a couple you don't know their dynamics you just know that they're together she, she's got a good looking guy he's got a good looking girl and this is what it is and like I want to be a part of that in some way or I want that um, availability do you know what I think the strong conversation with like young people like mm. really really young people to have yeah is like a conversation about availability um and what i mean by that is is that like we now are going we're living at a time where availability and access is wider than it's ever been which is the biggest problem before there wasn't that type of availability and that type of access so we can't say that the older generation were any better they just didn't have it it's just a house food exactly exactly they just had a house phone that they had to do that with flipping, press the thing in and do that but um, they didn't have the access and the availability but now there's so much access and availability I think there's I think it would probably be a really ben a big benefit to like when having a child or whatnot have them type of conversations about what availability and access looks like and and also making them or enlightening them to know that because there's availability and access doesn't mean that you need to to to, to go for it and grab it yeah because that's i think that's where we're at now i feel like availability and access makes us feel like you know what i could just have that you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. i'm not even hungry yeah. but this is open why not why not i might as well do that like <laughs> i don't even really want to do it but it's open. like i can just do it you get what i'm saying i could just go there i could just do it Oh, you know what? I got an, like I got some bread. Like I can go and buy. I could just do it. I could just do it. You hear someone say, "Oh, you know what? I copped. I went and copped a new thing with the boom, this, that, and the other." I got some. Do you know what? I, that wasn't even on my mind. What has he got it? Yeah, shout like shout. Let me just shout him because I want it. Availability and access is just. It's just everything now. Do you know what really messes with my mind though? The availability, like, I think I was talking to B about it the other day, like when, not when to reply to people, but like, when you're super busy and you, and I think everyone's different on it, but I kind of feel guilt sometimes in terms of if, if I'm on an app and someone messaged me and obviously I've not clicked on the message, but the time that I'm gonna have to go through these voice notes or whatever, I don't really have it right now. I wanna scroll through something quickly and just come off it. Do you, 
where do we feel on that? Because whenever I talk to people about my like guilt or anxiety on replying to people, they're always like, just do it in your own time kind of thing. Like don't ever feel pressure. But for me, I always kind of always feel like, like, oh, they're going to think I'm rude or... I find it like that, I find this that goes to the so availab- this goes to availability and so access weird. again. Yeah, no, I hear you, but that's availability and access again. This phone makes us available, and people can just access us all of the time or whatnot, depending on how you use it. Now, you know what? Like, yeah, you can have people that will feel like you are being rude or mm. whatever it is, or like because well, you haven't got back to them and you haven't, you know, they've seen you online and you haven't replied to them. But you know what, in my honest opinion, yeah, is a lot mm. of the time that is just down, that's a them problem than it is a me problem. Like, mm. I can be on my phone very quickly doing something very quickly, and I can just come back to you later and have the long conversation if that's what it needs to be. Do you mm. get what I'm saying? Like, there's just so much going on. But I've, I'm at a point, yeah, where because of that, sometimes I don't really care. I'll be on my WhatsApp doing whatever it is I'm doing. And I know this person's just messaging me because they've seen me online. But you know what? You're just going to have to just hold that. I'm going to come back to you later. Because already, I'm going to be honest with you, already I didn't love the idea that you've gone into the app and you're waiting. (laughs) He's online. Yo, hey, hey. Oh, because you've just seen me. You've just looked. You're waiting. One, I don't like that. It's intense. I don't like that. Fire for that. So you're going to have to just, I know what you've done there, but I'm not ready yet. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing. But do you know what I do? Do you know what I actually do? You see, like now, after I finish recording this pod, I probably will have a bunch of uh, WhatsApps and whatnot. Yeah. When I'm ready, I just go on my phone. I go on airplane mode. Not nice. I'm airplane mode. I'm in there on my own. Yeah. (laughs) Everything stops. This is what it's like. This is exactly what it's like. This is exactly what it's like. You take it off. Visualize this, everyone. (laughs) It's just, everyone's just out interacting. They're trying to talk to you, whatever. But let's just say, like, you're in a, you're, working and everyone can maybe see you working or they can't see you but they're trying to get to you and there's just loads of people that do it or whatnot yeah then you step outside and then all of a sudden almost everyone is about to start looking at you but then you just turn it off and everyone just stands there like that like a fucking mannequin challenge they're just remember like that, that mannequin challenge remember that so everyone's just still everyone's just still but i'm not still I'm just walking around and I'm like, oh yeah, what did you have to say again? Let me just see what you got to say. Bam, yeah, you know what? Let me just respond back to you. Bam, let me just go back and respond to you. Let me just, nah, I don't, nah, forget about that. Yeah, do you know what? Let me go and respond to you. Oh yeah, you know what? Babes, have you got the, oh uh, yeah, all right, boom. Him, little flirt. flirt do you prioritise? Do though? whatever. Uh, huh? Or do you just go through I just the go list? through them. Later. I go. F- More time I'll go through first and see, oh yeah, boom, I got to hit back. Yo, babes, like I just think, yeah, have you cooked the, do all of that, whatever it is, yeah. Then, <laughs> then wait, then, then, once I've done all of what I needed to do, mm. flick again, disappear, everyone goes back to walking around and whatnot, but everyone gets their notification. Oh, yeah, you responded and, do you understand what well, I'm saying? Well, then how about plot twist when that person, whoever it is, or whoever those people are, decide to match the energy on how long you took to reply? That's fine. Because, because I you know find what? that exhausting. Well, <laughs> I, what I do you mean? Not... What, so they take a minute to respond yeah, to me? Yeah, like, because they all Let me they explain this to you. <laughs> Let me explain this to you. You're if I really rich. like you, what, what dynamic are we talking about? That dynamic of liking? Yeah, okay, let's do that one for example. But it also spills out into friendships too. Okay, cool. We, we can do that. Let's do like <laughs> and let's do friendship. If I really, really like you, do you hear from me. Because yeah. uh, I'm going to spend that time because 
it's a different dynamic. Okay. Yeah? My bona fides, if one of my bona fides hits me, I'm hitting him back. Because more time, or her, more time, like we, I understand the dynamic, I just hit them back or whatnot. And if I don't hit them back, it's actually fine because like, they just know that I'm working and yeah. I just know that they're working. It's not, it's not that much of a problem. I just know you're gonna hit me. But if it's mm. urgent, I'll ring your phone and I know that you're gonna answer it. But honestly, outside of that, it's cool because if they, if I am really engaging in something with someone, whether it be from a place of me really liking them or like friendship or whatever, and then they just give me some lackluster stuff back, then I just read the room and I say, all right, cool, that's where it is. I'm not gonna fight it, that's fine. Mm. You do your, if I don't like it, then I'm either gonna redress it or I'm just gonna withdraw. And that, that's okay. Like in life, we're not, we can't all, we're not all gonna be able to match each other. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I definitely saw a message that I hadn't like, like also as well, how long does this go on for these messages? Like what to you is like, if you reached out to someone and you need them to get back to you and it I'll was, call them. let's say, okay, but let's say it's not super important to the point where you have to call them. But at the same time, you do kind of need to find out what the answer is to what you've just posed. How long is when it's like, this is a joke now. Let's call them. Three days, four days. Yeah, but no, if I, if I Five need days. to speak to you about something now and I message you, and I don't hear from you, then I will hit back again. Um, and then if they don't, then I'll just call them. And if they don't get back to me, then I will not hit them. Really? I'll just not hit them. Because you've seen it, and you're, like, I've messaged you twice, and I've called you. You've seen one of them. It's like a free strike. Rule you've seen one thing. of them. Yeah. I'm not gonna, har- I'm not gonna, you don't, for whatever reason, you don't wanna answer the phone, or you don't wanna message, or you can't. Yeah. I just expect that at some point, you're gonna hit me back and sit and say whatever. And if you don't, I saw it going. It's just all right, cool. Then that's just what that is. Yeah. That might be that might be to my detriment. I get it, but like, yeah. I'm just not harassing anyone. I'm not unless I really, really, really need you for something, or it's a work thing, or whatever it is. I'm just, I'm you. There can't, there will never be a person in the world. I promise you this year Mm-mm. that will turn around and say, that will look at the phone and say, oh, for fuck's sake. Never. Not chalky. Never. <laughs> Not unless it's a work thing. If it's a work thing, okay. then I will do that. Especially if you're working for me. If you're working for me or I need you to do something, then I will. I will. And you know what? Sometimes when I do that, I don't even need the phone to ring out. I just want it to ring one time so you know that I've called you. Mm-mm. I'm ringing you. No, you I'll put particular. it down again. <laughs> I'll Shit, ring it one time. Sad, sad, yeah? I'll ring really? it one time. I ain't answered. I'm just ringing you to let you know that I need, that's what I need something. You know what I need. Right. See, you know. Yeah, I missed like, a phone call once and I, and I just saw it said two minutes and yeah, one second. Because I just need that thing. I don't need him to answer, you know. Yeah. Just send the wee transfer. Yeah, I know that. I know it gets like that sometimes. Yeah, just send that. Don't answer. <laughs> you just seen the cool thing. It just means yeah. I ain't got it yet. <laughs> I ain't got it yet. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, what's happening? But you know, yeah. Oh, anyway, look, I think it's an interesting like place that we're going right now in regards to um, surgery and BBLs and things like that. I think. It, you brought up a really interesting thing in, in like from a historical aspect. Um, it will be really interesting to see what happens going forward. I do think that these conversations should always be like beneath the surface when you're, even when you're getting it done. Like if you don't, 
even if you don't know what the solution is or you genuinely feel like the solution is to do that, I think it's always best to really dig deep and find out why do I feel this way? What is it that has contributed to that? Where has it come from? And you know what? Whatever this conclusion that you decide to make from that is just all up to you. But yeah, I think when it when you are when you are really young, when you are really young, my personal and humble opinion is like unless it's a super medical issue I'm just not with it though mm. do you know what I mean I'm just I would, I would I'm just not really with it but that's just me I just know that there's a lot of other people that see it very differently and I know that like I could never tell someone how they should feel because their feelings are valid you get me? their feelings are valid and 100%. they're living day to day with whatever pressure that mm-hmm. they're living under and I don't think that everyone it would be wrong to turn around and say that like everyone should be measured that like, everyone should have a, a measured mentality and be able to um, be able to deal with it like that because the world is made up of different colours if it was all made up of the same just black and white it would be boring 100%. I mean that as a metaphor to say that like we see things we all see things very differently and we feel them very differently and although like a lot of the the, thing, the thoughts and feelings probably go into like a few different categories essentially there's a few different categories do you know what I mean that people are in and out of it's just hella deep it's hella deep it's hella deep and I think a lot of people have asked me as well like oh so traditionally with like British documentaries because obviously I think that we are the goats when it comes to documentaries like America can't really come close there are some sick American ducks but we kind of do documentaries over here to a high level in my opinion it's kind of like oh so what's what's it going to be and telling people to do it not to do it like there has to be yes or a no because it's very definitive and I was like well that's the whole thing it's evolving that's what I want this to be quite different like I do want it to be a conversation that not only I can have with my peers but also I can even talk to my mum about it like I want it to be cross-generational because I just think that the way that society is going we all like you say need to have these conversations continuously and I don't think anyone is wrong or right even but everyone's feelings just need to be heard and I think it's all it's just about understanding that no matter what your opinion is people are going to do whatever makes them happy so how do they do it safely that's kind of what I think is the clearest message that I can give like if you're gonna do surgery like okay just research or just make sure you're safe because when it does go left it can be literally devastating mm. not even just physically what for your mental health too but you know you gotta just do what makes you happy but yeah I also just wanted to add that you can get a uh, fat to create a six pack men are doing it too yeah I've, I've seen that still there's one for meat as well. Yeah, yeah, there's one for the for the for the sausage. What? That's gonna yeah. Man are, man are getting the meat done. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah getting the proper Yeah, they're flinging the um what are they doing? What they're taking some of the forearm meat. Bro, I I, I yeah, stopped doing But this is what I'm saying, it's like Do you know what? <laughs> Let's talk about that just very quickly. Just quickly. You know what the problem is, yes, yeah? even with that now, I can see where that's gonna go. That this this thing is gonna start mashing up women's insides, you know, because what's you know what it is. See, this is the next thing. This idea of having the big mad one. Look, women. Not. 
I understand that we hear women talk about, yo, he's got power, oh my God, this, that. Let me tell you something here. Yeah? A lot of women don't want the proper, proper pipe like that. Because it's uncomfortable. Now, yes, like, <laughs> I'm sure there's a, certain, there's a certain thing that you'd like or whatever. But you know what it is, yeah? Yeah. Men are going to start overcooking this thing because they think that this is what some a woman wants and what they, and you know what? It's not even just about what a woman wants. It's about your own confidence as well now. Ra, when I'm watching it on the TV and I'm seeing my man yeah, with porn, the thing, yeah. whatever, like what? And then she's like, oh my God, I can't. And she's acting like she loves it or whatnot. He's going to go to the average woman with the 17 inch mad circumference <laughs> and trying to stick the whole thing in the woman. And it's then, what, like, this opens up so much different dynamics because then are you misinterpreting her body language thinking that she's enjoying this when really she's hating it and since now she's in a in a situation where she almost feels like she can't really say no because you know what like I've she might in her mind feel like I've got myself in this situation I can't really say no he's not going to be happy with that I just want it to be over he's trying to get what he and it's just a mad uncomfortable experience and the more people that do that, the more people that are going to be in that situation, the more women in particular are going to be in that situation. Because trust me when I tell you, I don't believe for one minute that, you know, a lot of people are going to do this to try and get the seven inch. They're doing this to try and go for the proper subway. <laughs> Not the <four> long. <laughs> Not Italian herbs and cheese. I had that yeah. earlier. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Lettuce in it, cucumber, Nickel, olives. Sweet corn. Yeah, and all of that stuff. <laughs> like, and with the mad circumference and that. Like, now there's definitely evidence somewhere that like if it's too big, it isn't it isn't causable. It actually can damage your insides. Like that, I don't know where that myth actually even comes from. But this is why conversations about sex is good. But I think some people just take it to a different level when they get onto the whole extension thing because yeah that just sounds like a bit of a car crash waiting to happen yeah that's got that is going to be a big problem but also let's take away the sex element of it you know what like you do they tamper with your do they tamper with your balls where now you become infertile like does that become a problem um what does it do to um erectile dysfunction that's the big one Mm. yes you might have fixed the size of it but (laughs) it can't stand up (laughs) It's like <laughs> you got you got what you wanted, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it's like this is it can be a proper stinker. It can be a proper stinker. But a uh, joke aside, yeah. joke aside. Now is like, what does that do to your mind then? Because you think that that's the you think that you know what this is going to be the solution. This is going to fix my problem. This is going to help me attract women, or it's going to help me you know, help me with my confidence or whatever it may be, then you realise it's not what... You got what you wanted and realised it wasn't what you wanted. Right. That part. And not all that glitters is gold. And I think there is no car, no amount of money, no girlfriend, no boyfriend. I don't even really think, if you want to really take it, that even a family, like all these things that we're we're raising society to think that's going to bring us joy or whatever, I don't personally think that those things sustain forever it does come back to you because you meet people that have fantastic families amazing support networks maybe they've even got money to amazing careers and they're still just not happy 
just taking away from even being living in their body they're just not happy and i think we think oh we can do this and we can do that and that will bring me it but sadly i don't think that's the case i genuinely think that happiness is a continuous like i don't think it's even a destination it's just a thing that you have to try and choose every day like Mm. continuously no matter what Mm. and i think that's how you kind of i guess for me anyway become happy yeah there isn't a oh if i have this done to my body or if i'm with that person that i'm gonna be everything's gonna be great and the sad like i guess um what's the word what's the expression kind of like anti-climax is thinking that once you've done any of that stuff that i've just described that you're going to be happy that's a massive like falling your face rug pulled because it's like now you're not now what yeah people actually get that when they um when they become financially successful 100 percent. yeah you you have all of the money that you desire to have yeah and it does nothing because now it's time to excel like i've done it i'm rich but you're still empty yeah and then you're even more upset yeah because you're thinking you should be happy <laughs> i should be happy why am i not and happy? everyone's telling you that you should be which exactly. is even more pressure exactly oh why are you upset you got yeah god why are you just I wish cry. I could be you like what you, you got a bentley yeah like you're all right you can cry in that like, yeah. it's not that bad though yeah you know what i mean just you'll be all right man you got all the pee you got all of the pee you got a big house. You got loads of money. You can do what you want to do. Like you're, ri- you're rich. You've made it. You are the. You are what everyone wants to be. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine if someone tells you you are where everyone wants to be, Pressure. and you feel like shit. <laughs> this is awful. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. You was. You've been great. Oh, thank you. And listen, <laughs> well done me. with like um with that doc as well it comes out in what October October yeah the yeah, first October. week I hope that you um, are blessed to be able to make some more films and stuff like that God willing and yeah. Um, and yeah and you know what like I just wish you more learning because oh, I think you. that's like where the you know that's like where the superpower ends up being just information and learning you get what I'm saying trying understanding to understanding and you know meeting different people and understanding perspectives and you know it sharpens your thought process and maybe some of the things that you want to do or maybe it might make you question things even more whatever it may be but I think that like there's there's definitely a superpower in that and that's what I'm on you know I'm always just trying to make a understanding learn um, and and you know talk about some stuff I hope that um, in today when I was you know making it a little light hearted and whatever it didn't touch too much of a nerve but if you've watched this before then you'll know my personality and what I can be like. If you don't, then I hope that you stay and you kind of get to know. And if you don't, then boy, take your mum in a straw. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. What was I gonna say? Is there anything that anyone needs to know about? It could be anything. I was just gonna say thank you for letting me come on. And you know, one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to have you even as a talking head of this documentary was because out of all the male podcasters that there is, and respect to all of them, I definitely felt like you were someone who could have like an intellectual conversation about body image, but particularly Brazilian butt lift surgery without mm. it getting silly. Mm. And yeah, I think you've done well to definitely keep the respect levels there. So appreciate right. that. Thank no, you. Appreciate that. One thing actually we didn't talk too much about was actually um, music videos and like, oh, yeah. you know, 
some of the things that I, I grew up on anyway in regards to music videos and and women and whatnot. But, but we can what? save it. I can come because back. We can come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Near retirement airs. Um, <laughs> do you know what as well? This is probably because I don't really, I don't, sometimes I look at the comments occasionally. Sometimes I do. But more times I don't. Unless someone messages me pri- like directly, then I'll see them. But this is an episode I've, I'm going to look at them. I'm going to see what some of you lot have got to say because I'd be I'm really interested to hear your perspective on your understanding of BBLs, what you think about it, um, your true opinion on it from a respectful point of view, if possible, and like maybe even anything that you've learned. If you've learned anything um, or you've read something, um, yeah, spit the spit the spit the game, spit the game. Let's hear it. Um, anyway, quickly, is there anything that anyone needs to know? Did you watch anything? Have you seen anything? Um, have you read something? What have I watched recently that I could even tell people to watch? I don't know, but do watch The Bottom Line, which is coming out on ITV1 the first week of October. Um, when it comes out, you'll probably just come back again. I definitely will probably come back again. I'm trying to think, my socials is like at Lou Films, L O U U Films. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, people will see it on the thing. Um. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.